Hey everyone, welcome to the Brain Cage podcast. This is Shan and we are here because we sense the urgency of healing, growth and change. Our goal with this company and podcast is to bring you tools and inspiration so we together can create a flourishing world both inwardly and outwardly for ourselves and generations to come. We all have goals, dreams and missions in life which we all want to execute. We all seek healing, growth and change in many many ways. But more often than not, this fear of failure stops us. So to eradicate this major problem from our lives for good, today we have with us a teacher, a mentor, a transformational life coach, the founder of project Find Your Fire and the friend of Brain Cage podcast which is second appearance on the show, Kelly Meyer. This podcast is a dissection of fear and failure, what they are, how they impact our lives and so on. It is full of tools and strategies to combat and overcome. So without further ado, this is me and Kelly Meyer. Enjoy the episode. We can just launch right into it and this is a very like fascinating topic. It's a fascinating project which you have came with because yeah. right before talking to you I was just checking out like I just casually searched on google like what are, what are the greatest fear of a human being so on the number one it was fear of failure and, yeah and surprisingly second was fear of success <laughs> <laughs> so, so i think this is the this is a great topic and as well like kind of my goal for this year is to raise my appetite of failure <laughs> i think yeah. i'm failing very very less it's a very very <laughs> bad thing and why it's bad we'll get to know like in the podcast i think yeah yeah we'll talk about that for sure so to set the stage for the conversation let's start from your journey like your experiences of life which led you to failures and successes afterwards okay um I don't know that I had ever personally been afraid of failing. Um, I had, you know, you have these fears of, and for me, it wasn't about failing, but it was about disappointing somebody, or it was about hmm. the pain I'm going to experience if this doesn't work, yeah. or it's about, you know, those types of things. I, I wasn't ever afraid of failing. One thing that I discovered, um, one thing that I discovered was that my wife and I had gone to to um, a seminar, and during this seminar, we were going to walk on fire. Now, my wife convinced me to go. I didn't want to go, but I decided I would go. And for this was maybe three months before the event. And on the website, I saw that we were supposed to walk on fire. And I thought, well, that's stupid. Why would anybody ever do that? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, I'll go to the event, but I'm not walking on fire. And so for three months, that stuck in my head, walking on fire, walking on fire. It affected how I slept. It affected how I ate. It affected my entire day. Hmm. But I... I was in no danger, but yet it was in my mind and it was affecting me. So we get to the event. My plan is that when we go walk on fire, I'm going to stand off to the side with everybody else who is smart. I'm not doing it. They're not going to do it. Who's going to do this? This is dumb. And it came time to go out and walk on fire. Hmm. And I got up and I turned to look where everybody, all the smart people were going to go. And there was nobody there. Everybody was going out to walk on fire. So I thought, oh. well, I guess here we go. So I got in line. I mm-hmm. did what they taught us to do in order to walk on fire. Mm-hmm. And I took that step, my first step. And Sean, that was the most glorious, liberating experience I've ever experienced. It was so awesome. And when it was done, I realized that that fear had affected me, but just on that one step, 
just one step across that line of fear was the yeah. most amazing experience. So if we can take that, just that one step on the other side of fear, mm. that's where we find the most glorious things. When I was thinking about this concept, like fear of failure and why it is there. So what I understand about fear is like fear comes, like fear is never present in the present. Fear is always in the anticipation. Right. So in our, we have a part of our brain called the limbic system. Mm. Now our limbic system is a super secretary. When we experience a stimuli or are expecting to experience a stimuli, our super secretary, our limbic system goes into work and it starts pulling out everything we've ever heard, everything we've ever seen, everything somebody's ever told us, everything we've ever believed about this event. And it starts processing that information. And then it shoots out that information in terms of an emotion. Sometimes that emotion is fear. The great thing about fear is it is physiologically almost identical to excitement. When we are afraid, our palms get sweaty, our heartbeat races, we start to talk faster. But when we get excited, our palms get sweaty, our heart beats faster, and we start talking faster. Physiologically, it's the exact same thing. The only difference is our, what our limbic system is kicking out. Those things that we've heard, been told, the things we've seen. Uh, roller coasters is a great example for me because I have a fear of roller coasters. Now, I am able to conquer that fear because I know what's going on. But whenever somebody says to me, hey, let's go ride a roller coaster, yeah. My secretary still kicks out the information of, oh, it's going to come off the tracks. I'm going to fall out of the seat. Something's going to break on it. I'm going to get stuck upside down. All mm-hmm. of those things start going through my mind and it wants to kick out a fear. Now I know what's going on. And so I'm able to stop that secretary. I'm able mm-hmm. to stop that feeling of fear and turn it into an excitement for me just by reframing the things that are kicking out and thinking of them as exciting. This is going to be an exciting ride. I'm going to go fast. I'm going to turn sharp. This is going to be exciting. So I convince myself or reframe that belief into a different emotion. And we can do that for everything. And we can do that for failure as well. Right. So when you were about to walk onto that fire, Mm -hmm. rather than uh, feeling fear, you kind of, you are feeling the same emotions, your body was giving you same signals, but you reframed that fear with excitement. Yes, I change my emotional state and we can change our emotional state just like that. I think we've talked about that one in the last time. And so when I'm standing in front of the fire or when I'm standing in front of the roller coaster, I can change my emotional state from fear to excitement or to confidence or to certainty or whatever I want it to be. Sure, we all experience fear at some point. That doesn't mean we have to live with it. Right. You have infamously said that people fail because they allow failure to be an option for them. If you eliminate failure, you are never going to fail because it's not even a choice. You have to figure it out then. Right. Yes. This this is the thing I remind myself all the time. Like whenever some failure is in front of me, I'm like, it's not even a choice for me. So I have to figure it out. Like you, when you were in front of that fire, you, there was no choice of going back. Once I step into the fire, I can't stop. (laughs) I have to keep going. So it's not an option, but we've all done things in our lives where, Mm -hmm. whether it's writing a, a research paper for school or it's working on a project Hmm. where we have to get it done. We must finish this paper for our school class. We must finish this project because I need this done so I can go to work. Hmm. Failure isn't an option. We eliminated failure, but we do it in a way that the things that must happen 
The things that have to happen, we turn into musts. But the things that don't have to happen, hmm. we allow that failure to exist. Let's say I want to build a shed in my backyard. So I start building the shed and just to store my lawnmower and a bicycle in, it's not important, but I just want to build this shed and the shed's not working. It's not going together. And so I allow failure as an option and I scrap the whole deal and I go off and do something else. But if I'm building a shed because there's a tornado coming and my family needs shelter, by golly, I'm going to get that shed done. Yeah. I've eliminated failure as an option. So if it's a have to, you have to turn it into a must. I must get this done. If you can mm -hmm. turn these things into musts, you can eliminate that option of failure. Yeah, for that, you have to be serious enough for that thing that you turn that should into your must, right? And I don't want to go to that trajectory. We have talked a lot about this, Your how your values and beliefs like kind of influence your reality this is your if you will value that thing then only you'll gonna push harder yeah yes that's when we normally do it now you can take that same mm -hmm. idea that same belief and put it into your day-to-day -day life you're starting your business starting your podcast that was important to you and i know that you hit roadblocks i know that there oh, were the things time. yeah it would have been easy for you to say forget it. I'm not doing this. This is hard. Right. But you turned it into a must. And so you made it happen. The people that you talk to, the interviews, there are roadblocks, the timing of today, it would have been easy for you to shut yeah. off the zoom meeting and say, well, we'll try again next time. Hmm. That's just allowing failure as an option, but you didn't do that. You hung on hmm. and you found a way around it. Hmm. So we can take that same mindset and incorporate it into our daily lives. Now, with this being said, yeah. fear is not always a bad thing. So we mm -hmm. need to be cognizant of that. Walking down a dark alley on the bad side of Chicago in the middle of the night might not be the best idea. And it's okay to be afraid of those things. And it's okay to... I don't want to say fail, but mm -hmm. if that's the quickest route to my hotel, it's okay to not take the quickest route to my hotel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, being it's, a, it's being about, a, again, like what we discussed earlier, like it's about like, you can, there is two ways, like two ways to think about it. One way is like fear is very, very important. And it it's kind of a signal right it's telling you something and another way is when it's telling you so you you can recognize that it's coming from not actuality but your anticipation that something might happen right you're thinking something about the future and that's creating that emotion so how do you decide like when that emotion is coming how do you decide like is it a real danger or my mind is just uh, giving me a false alarm? Well, is it holding me back from something? Is your fear causing you to not do something that you might enjoy? Um, roller coasters or mm -hmm. walking on fire or skydiving or going to the zoo and holding a snake that is harmless. It's, a, it's an exciting experience, but because of fears, we don't get to experience some of those things. Now, sometimes people have fears that are that more affect their life. I have a fear of public places. I have a, a fear of speaking to strangers. I have a fear of, I mean, I don't, but people do. I have a fear of going to the grocery store even. Um, those are fears that affect lives in such a profound way that we need to conquer this. Now, the easy thing is that, or the great thing is that fear is easy to conquer mm -hmm. at a subconscious level. So I work with clients to do this, to help them eliminate their fears. But while I'm doing that, 
there's also a part of that that I allowed to remain because there are instances in life where we need to be afraid of something. Holding the harmless snake, there's no reason to be afraid of that. Walking through the jungle and encountering a black mamba, that's something to be afraid of. Also, I think it's a kind of a personal choice which one has to make because many times uh, you have to take some unreasonable decisions and <laughs> you have to go some unreasonable routes to find something new, right? Because nobody has gone there. So obviously I'm feeling fear because nobody has done that. So, <laughs> so I can't anticipate like what's going to happen. So that fear is natural and you have to take risk. <clears throat> And that's interesting you go there because mm. when it comes to the Dunning-Kruger effect, yeah. one of the ways to combat that, now that's something that we all do. We all are part of the Dunning-Kruger club at some for, point. For people who don't know Dunning-Kruger effect, can you explain that? Yeah. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is a relatively new. The study was done in 1999, I think. Um, by two guys, Dunning and Kruger. And mm. what they were studying were cognitive blind spots or cognitive bias. What it boils down to is people who think they know, people who know a little bit about something believe that they know a whole lot about something. And mm. in doing that something, they're not always aware of the mistakes they make or the lessons they could have learned. They just continue to do that. It's mm -hmm. almost like the opposite of the fear of failure because these people have no fear of failure because they believe that they're not going to fail, which is great. <laughs> but yeah. in some instances, we need to step back and take a look at why the mistakes that we made. It's like right. someone is so stupid to know, like he's even like so much stupid that he didn't, he didn't even, he can't even comprehend that how stupid I am. He didn't even right. know that I'm stupid. Like to look, to kind of realize that I'm stupid takes a bit of intelligence. <laughs> what I learned from this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Dunning himself, I um, uh, just yesterday, this morning, yeah. I was looking at um, uh, an interview done with Dunning, and he mm -hmm. said that a lot of people analyze the study the wrong way. It's not necessarily about the dumb don't know that they're dumb. It's about um, creating an awareness in ourselves so that we're able to take a step back and understand what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So it's about understanding that. Um, there was a study done, a follow-up study done by, mm -hmm. I think it was the University of Stanford here in the States. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember who the researcher was, but he said that the best way to combat the Dunning-Kruger effect is to think in terms of probability rather than in terms of certainty, which is great because it falls right in line with the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we go into an event or we try something with an expectation that it's going to turn out exactly this way. Mm -hmm. But what we should be thinking is, and like you mentioned before, is that if I do this, this might happen and this might happen. There's a probability that this could happen. And I think I'm going to end up with this result. So if you think in terms of those probabilities, those are all um, roadblocks. Those are all boundaries to get us from point A to point B. Those are things that we might encounter. Now, if you plan for those, when those roadblocks show up, you're going to be more prepared to figure out a way around them, therefore eliminating failure. Yeah, it... it I think it goes two ways, like a person who is a fool, he has to become aware that there are things I don't know. And these are probabilities where I can take action. But yes. I think like where 
fear of failure comes into places it works on the in a in a positive way like there is there was this quote from bertrand russell he said the whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wiser people are so full of doubts yeah <laughs> so when you know a lot about something right it in itself becomes a barrier in your action like it becomes you fear fear, fear of failure is coming because you know a lot and the yeah. fool is taking action because he doesn't know that he can fail <laughs> yeah so you know when i was 12 years old yeah i would do tricks on my bicycle that are crazy but i'm not going to do them now because i know it hurts <laughs> so i've learned that lesson and that's part of human nature learning is human nature and that's part of taking the lessons from these events mm-hmm. and people who are going through dunning kruger aren't always able to look back and see what they did wrong mm-hmm. even though learning is human nature you know, a baby in the womb is learning it learns sounds it learns voices it learns how to move and do things but nobody ever taught it that stuff so mm-hmm. learning is natural if we can open up ourselves and be able to take a step back we can always take a lesson from whatever it is we didn't succeed at mm-hmm. right so i think it will be wise like first we define like what is fear fear of failure and uh, yeah. what is, what is fear of success although we are doing this very very late in the podcast but let's do it finally <laughs> you can edit it and put it in front <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's do let's take a look at what is failure and what is fear now i was looking for um a definition of failure and i talked about this in the other video that i did was that there are lots of different types of definitions but the most common is lack of success which then prompted me to go find out what is success the definition of success means to do something to move mm-hmm. so as long as you are doing something yeah. moving you are succeeding mm-hmm. so here at project find your fire we have our own definition for success is any time you are moving towards your goal now we're all going to stumble we'll all fall we'll all encounter roadblocks but yeah. as long as you're falling forward as long as you're learning a lesson of something mm-hmm. in that fall you're still moving towards your goal and you're still successful There's a story about um Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb and he failed I don't know how many hundreds of times he failed at making the light bulb until it finally worked. But those weren't failures because he was able to take a lesson from each one and he still was successful in creating the light bulb. Mm-hmm. We can do the same thing. It's okay to stumble and it's okay to fall. We're going to. But what worked and what didn't work and whatever didn't work quit doing it and do something else right that'll take you to the next step and the next step and the next step that's all success you won't fail until you stop you eliminate movement that's when failure i guess shows up so in order for that to happen you have to do it on purpose that's your choice the shed that i built for my bicycle that i tore down because it wasn't working i chose that failure mm. i chose to take that avenue so failure is a choice so if you can choose failure you can also choose to not fail yeah that that's what i that's why i said like i i need to increase my appetite of failure what i meant by that is I need to increase my appetite of failing forward. <laughs> yes, yeah, so always, always. 
So let's talk about fear. And we talked about fear just a little bit earlier. It's that limbic system that shoots out that emotion Mm -hmm. and how it's exactly the same as excitement. So Mm -hmm. for fear, it's just a reframing of that emotion and turning it into an excitement. Mm-hmm. The easiest way for people to do that is to just verbalize. This is exciting. Um, the roller coaster. I'm standing in front of the roller coaster saying, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be exciting. And I think of those couple of things that are exciting about the ride, about going fast and the sharp turns. That excites me. That I like that idea. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be exciting. This is going to be exciting. Physiologically, I'm already in the state of excitement. All I'm doing is flipping the switch in my limbic system from fear to excitement. So I can start portraying that emotion. When I was thinking about this, uh, I, I thought fear of failure. And I told you, like, I did that Google search and I found out like these feel of fear of failure and fear of success are two greatest fear, like one yeah. of the two greatest fear which a human being has. But when I thought more about it, I think like fear of failure and fear of success are kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, the fear of failure uh, we've hit on, you know, and there are many different reasons people might have that fear. And it's the same thing I experienced when I was young. It wasn't failure, but it was disappointing somebody. I'm not going to do this because I'm a fear of failing. And if I fail, then I'm going to disappoint this person or I'm going to look stupid or it's going to hurt all of those things. And maybe it's just the things that we've heard, the things people have told us. Well, don't do that. You can't do that because you're too old. You're too young. You're too fast. You're too slow. Those are things that feed that fear of failure for us. And so that's why we do that. Now, success could be the same thing because people who don't experience a lot of what they call success, Mm -hmm. now success, you know, that I think is just moving forward. It's that simple. But people who don't experience a lot of the end goal, when they, they think about that end goal and they think, now what? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I, you know, lose this weight for the new year, or if I start exercising, yeah. now what? Right. And uh, as I like, I was reading that list, it had like 10, 10 points, I think. And I was, as I was reading a kind of a realization came, like first two points were valid, fear of failure and fear of success. Right. But later on, when I read, so it was, there was fear of change, fear of rejection and so on. So what I thought like fear of failure and fear of success are just symptoms. Causes are many. Like there were, the cause was loss of control, being judged which is a big one being judged if I'll fail, I'll like everyone is, everyone will judge me. Identity, our own identity. We have discussed like in our previous podcast, how our identity like stops us from taking action. Right. Loss of the known, like we are in this comfortable environment. Yep. So we don't want to lose. So what, like what are other like real causes of failure? Like that's we understand like this these are the symptoms so what are the causes you have encountered in your work with people the causes come right down to one thing mm-hmm. our belief system mm-hmm. now our belief system beliefs and values are two different things beliefs are based on past experiences things we've done those things people tell us the things we tell ourselves those mm-hmm. create our belief system Our value system is not based on past experiences, but it's things that we value. Now, here's how this is dangerous, because we might value love. Love is something that is fulfilling, right? It makes us feel good. Hmm. So we have that value. We value love. But at the same time, maybe we had a really bad relationship Hmm. and we got our heart broken. And so now we believe that, Loving somebody leads to pain. 
right? If we believe that love leads to pain, this person will intentionally avoid love thinking they're avoiding pain, but in doing so, they're leaving this part of their value system unfulfilled. So they become unhappy with themselves, even though they're avoiding pain, but they're missing out on the love. So these beliefs, our beliefs will stay beliefs until we encounter something that contradicts those. So the beliefs that we have lead us to what our super secretary is shooting out. I believe that I'm going to fall off the roller coaster. I believe that I'm going to, it's going to crash and come off the rails. I believe that this is going to happen. And in doing that, I create this fear, the fear of roller coasters, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of dark places, whatever it might be. It's all based on our belief system. So if we can reframe our belief system into something else, remember beliefs can change. So we reframe those into something positive. Now, it might be the same situation, Hmm. but looking at it from a different angle. For example, um, somebody who experiences trauma. Okay. This person has, well, let's take two people. They experience the exact same trauma. I think you've heard me say this before. Exact same trauma. One person says, I believe I'm a victim. I believe my life Mm -hmm. is always going to go downhill. I believe that I'm always going to suffer through my life. And they go off and lead that kind of life. This person believes that they are strong because they were able to endure that trauma. This person Mm -hmm. believes that they are blessed because an angel has been watching over them. This person believes that they are better than anything else that could happen to them in their life. Those are just events. And Mm -hmm. they go off lead that kind of life. Two different people, the exact same event, lead two different lives because of their belief system. One is full of fear. One is full of success. Hmm. So it's kind of reframing the event. Like for example, when you didn't uh, came and I was on the Zoom call, uh, what, what, like my mind was, (laughs) okay, let's like uh, Kelly sir is taking uh, a bit time so let's use this time to read some mails <laughs> let's do some <laughs> mails in this time so that that's what i was doing when you came i was mailing few people so, yeah and that's and that's what it's about you could have very well said this call is a failure i'm hanging up i'm getting on with my day i'm going to do my thing but you didn't you chose the opposite side of that reframing where you took it as an opportunity to be productive. So basically, whatever thing is happening, we need to learn ways to reframe that situation so we can convert kind of obstacles into opportunities. Like that's what I'm understanding. Exactly. Exactly. And when it comes down to fear, the fear of failure and the fear of success, Hmm. Although they're opposite sides of the same coin, what it really boils down to is a fear of what's on the other side. We don't fear Mm. the unknown. Mm. We fear what we believe about the unknown. Or maybe we fear like loss of the known. (laughs) We, We say that again for me. We fear the known which is our present like we fear that it will come to end and we'll be in kind of an uncertain position where we don't know anything we are like i am sitting in my comfortable home my comfortable chair yeah. i have a like heater going on yeah. and yeah. everything and now you're saying shan let's go for a run okay it's yeah. like it's winter it's cold out there so I'm saying, what the hell are you saying? No, You're saying, no, it's very, very healthy. But I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not going to go because I'm in this comfortable place. And I, yeah. no matter how good it is for me to run, but I'll not do that. Right. That's exactly it. If you're walking through a dark forest, a forest you've never been to before, but you're lost in this dark forest, it's the middle of the night and you hear sticks break. Yeah. Right? You can see what's going on. We don't know what's out there. Yeah. We immediately become afraid because we're thinking, 
it's a bear, it's a tiger, it's a, a boogeyman out to get me or whatever it is, right? Those things go through our brain because that's our belief system. Those are the things that hide in the dark forest. Why? Because we've seen it on TV, because we've heard the stories when we were kids. Let's go a little bit back that if someone is kind of procrastination, like procrastination is going on in their life and someone is procrastinating. So how to recognize like this fear of failure is stopping them or maybe it's something else. Most people recognize that it's a fear of failure when they become honest with themselves, mm -hmm. right? So why don't you do this? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up. That's mm -hmm. a fear of failure. I'm afraid that I'm going to look stupid. Mm -hmm. So as long as most everybody recognizes that. Yeah. What people sometimes don't recognize is what they're losing, what it's costing them to not do that. Hmm. Yeah, I think they recognize the causes and they get stuck in the causes and like when it comes to symptom, which is fear of failure and fear of success. Yes. Like they don't recognize like that. This is that and that is stopping. And we get stuck. Like, for example, I'm being like, I have this great insane amount of fear of talking to people like i have this i have been through a lot of social anxiety in my life i've been judged a lot in my school by my teachers by my parents in home so i have developed from that like this fear of people so i don't want to interact <laughs> with anyone and this podcast and all this talking to people or all, all around the globe this is the last thing <laughs> which like in my right state of mind, I'll be doing unless like I have challenged my belief. Right. Right. And in that case, you take a look, you know, what is it costing you to not spend time with people? Yeah. How many relationships have you lost mm -hmm. because you were afraid to talk to that person? How many business deals do you not mm -hmm. even know about right. because you were afraid to talk to that person? How many interviews did you miss out on because you were afraid to ask that person mm. for an interview? A lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's a cost to yeah. those fears. Right. Now, in your mind, it's keeping you safe, right? Mm. In your comfort, comfortable chair. Hmm. But in reality, there's a cost to it. It's mm. kind of like um, the Christmas um, the Christmas story with uh, um, Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, right? So Ebenezer Scrooge was a businessman, but he had these beliefs that were holding him back. And so he was visited by the ghost of Christmas past. Hmm. This is what it cost you in your past to have these beliefs. And then the ghost of Christmas present, this is what it's costing you right now because of your beliefs. And if you continue these beliefs in the future, this is what it's going to cost you. Scrooge was able to see those costs and able to flip that switch then. Mm. The same is true for us. We need to take a step back. We recognize that we're afraid of something, but take a step back then. What is it costing you ultimately? What has it cost you in the past? What is it costing you now? What is it going to cost you? And eliminate these causes right instead of just thinking about fear of failure and i'm not gonna do it if we yeah. eliminate these causes from their base then that fear of failure will evaporate by itself yeah do you okay sean i have a question for you sure. do you really have social anxiety or fear of people uh, i used to have a lot of social anxiety like for this past year but what I have done is I, I, I know like I have this fear. So very honestly, very brutally, I've forced myself to 
interact with people as much as i can i have gone like i what my lifestyle was i don't i will like i will not go anywhere i'll just i'm just in my own world having fun <laughs> i'm a very philosophical kind of person so it's uh, kind of fun being alone for me so i enjoy being alone so it's not like that i'm not meeting people so i'm alone crying somewhere no i'm having fun so <laughs> that also became a barrier so what i did i went out i kind of went to every opportunity i got for a party to hang out with people and this podcast was even one way of challenging this fear and yeah. what i did like there there is a great book called face your fears okay so it's basically about exposure therapy so i read that book and i understood the psychology like what is happening like this flight fight and freeze response we have when we like anticipate fear in front of like like the example you did like i'm walking in a jungle and there are i see i hear a, i listen to some sounds of sticks and i am anticipating like it is a tiger and what i understood that i my our mind has this fight flight and freeze response and also it has a negative bias because it wants to protect us from a from, from the danger because if in case there was a tiger behind the bush okay and i am right. like a brave person that i don't care like what the sound is about <laughs> i'm not running <laughs> so the tiger will catch me and kind of uh, it will eat me so when i understood all this so i'm i just like became aware that this fear is coming from a certain kind of place so if i'll expose my brain's neurons to these kinds of events to people so slowly slowly my neurons will kind of desensitize so yeah <laughs> so, and that that's true there is some psychology behind that because people with anxiety and fears what they tend to do is avoid those things which makes them feel comfortable but in the short term yeah and what's happening then is the anxiety and the fear is actually growing Hmm. until you experience it again and then you hide again and then you feel comfortable for the short term but in the long term your anxiety fear actually grows hmm. so the therapy that a lot of people use is to expose yourself to small bits of that hmm. so that the anxiety the fear squashes like what you're talking about yeah. in the long term it starts to get less and less and less and less hmm. so short term there is the fear because you're exposed to this Yeah. but in the long term it's actually diminishing from our previous conversation what i learned is it's all about the perspective from which like there is no actual reality it's all about our perception and the person can go listen to our previous podcast so yes. change of perspective how that eliminates this fear of failure Yeah and what some people do is create a uh, two lists mm-hmm. the pros and the cons let's say we get laid off from a job mm-hmm. now we don't have a job now we don't have a way to earn money now we so the negatives of that list can be long and those are easy for us to come up with mm-hmm. but there are also positives to that maybe we got laid off from a job but now we have an opportunity to seek work in in a company that we had been wanting to go work for now we have an opportunity to start our own business if that's what we want to do now we have an opportunity to spend more time with our family if that's what we want to do now we have an opportunity so there are also opportunities there are obstacles sure but there are also opportunities so sometimes people make those lists they write it out yeah. and that helps them see how to reframe that Mm-hmm. so looking for like when the failure occurs which is a kind of a roadblock so mm-hmm. look for ways how can i benefit from this right yeah one of the great questions i learned this from um john maxwell mm-hmm. he said that the next time you don't know what to do mm-hmm. you're stuck you hit the roadblock you have no idea what to do next 
go to the mirror and do this. I know you don't know what to do, but if you did know what to do, and I know you don't, but if you did know what to do, what would you do next? And say that to yourself as if you're talking to another person. And that causes us to open up new pathways of our thought process. Cognitively, we start to go down a different hallway and we start looking at other opportunities to beat the roadblock. Amazing. So interesting. Act from a place that if you knew what to do, then how will you act? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're getting out of your comfort zone. Nice. So uh, speaking of uh, John Maxwell, and I heard you say as well, this concept of failing forward. I think it will be a great insight and very, very instructive for people because we are all going to fail in life. Right. And this reminds me of uh, kind of, I wrote down this quote from JK Rowling that it, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all. In which case you fail by default. Yes. That's a great quote. Yeah, it is. So we have to fail. And <laughs> in my opinion, we should like, I, I should not, we should, I should increase my like failure rate very wisely. So let me know how can I increase my failure net rate still not by not going backwards, but going forward. So if you don't want to necessarily increase your failure rate, you want to increase the lessons you learn during a process. Because unfortunately, lessons comes from failure. (laughs) Right. But it's all about the verbiage we use. It's our words. Our words create reality. So like if if you're sick, Hmm. don't say that you're sick. Say that you're healing. You might be sick, but you're also healing. Mm -hmm. See the difference? If you you can increase your failure rate or you can increase your lessons learned. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a kind of rather than saying I'm a failure shift that reframe it to I'm a learner. Yeah. I'm a learner. Mm. Yeah. And that's what learning is. Learning is to your point, you have to fail to you fail. You learn when you fail, you don't have to learn. You don't have to fail in order to learn, but you do learn when you fail. Mm-hmm. I have to try things which eventually like yeah. will lead to some kind of failure. And from that failure, I need to learn and move forward. Right. If you sit there in your comfortable chair, you're never going to fail, hmm. which means you're not going to learn those lessons. It's when we get out of our comfort zone and try something that makes us uncomfortable. That's hmm. when we start learning those important lessons in life in how to move forward into the next step and the next step. So whatever your goal is over here, each step that you take Mm -hmm. towards your goal, you might fail, but as long as you're learning a lesson, you're not failing. Mm -hmm. So it's about the lessons that you're learning as you move forward. As long as you're moving towards your goals, you are succeeding. Mm -hmm. What, uh, like, to use your phrase, you're not failing, you're figuring it out. (laughs) <laughs> that's the process <laughs> of figuring it out now, when I was thinking about ref- reframing failure and what I have done in the past is like thought of reframing failure in three ways which has led me to this doing this podcast with you or I wouldn't have <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do this is like one way is to think like a scientist like how scientists think of failure they don't use failure they use the word experiment Yes. I often, I never use this word failure. It's not the part of my vocabulary because I'm doing the podcast with you. So I'm using that word, but yep. to me, me also, too. to me, it's all is experiment. I love this word. 
another one is i don't use that much often but another is when we when athletes work out so how they look to failure right they don't like when they are doing a push up and <laughs> they are failing so they are not like getting i'm not going to do another push up they are like oh i'm building muscle <laughs> yeah. yeah and another way is uh, the third way is like being a designer uh, or also us being entrepreneurs how entrepreneurs look at failure people think like entrepreneurs look at failure as some kind of loss no entrepreneurs look at failure they use the word iteration yeah iteration is yep. like what i did with this podcast launch your product in the worst state which you have and after every go after every repetition improve on it so that's a right. kind of another way of saying failing forward so that's are, exactly. do you have some perspectives some ways to look towards failure um like you i don't use the word unless i'm talking to somebody about it So I I have just I don't want to say convinced myself but my belief system is that everything is an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity mm. no matter what it is. And so yeah, I stumble a lot. But everything is an opportunity. There's never a failure. Interesting way to see it. Reframing failure yeah. as opportunity. a uh, kind yeah. of an opportunity for opportunities <laughs> yeah that's it how can i do this different how can i do this better what worked for me and what didn't work for me what can i change and we do that with all areas of our life you know and we do it constantly if it yeah. worked keep doing it if it didn't work find some quit doing it and find something else mm. it's the experiment mm, experiment yeah another thing uh, like maybe we can end the this concept of fear of fear of failure with this is when it's okay to fail when is this point when you recognize you realize okay now it's time to quit this thing when is that right time because there there will be like there is this thing called sunk cost right when we invest a lot of amount of energy money or something like that so we are afraid to quit that thing so um, when is the right time to quit i don't think there is a right time to quit i think if if it's a must for you you will find a way there just is no i guess because quitting for me just isn't an option. So I don't I don't even know how to answer that question because yeah maybe it, we can it doesn't exist. But I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. in a project you've invested $500,000 or whatever it is mm-hmm. and 6 years of your life on this project that just isn't coming together. let's When think about it? it in kind of relationship perspective suppose you have invested a lot of time and a lot of people can relate to that we have we invest a lot of time resources in our relationships right and okay. then for some reason that relationship has became so toxic that it is harming our lives and so there must be some time when it will cross the threshold and it's the right time to quit or the person might kill us or <laughs> maybe do something very well, very not, bad yeah in that case mm. and similar cases it's not quitting it's moving forward mm. right i'm not quitting this relationship i'm moving forward with my life and you're just not part of it yeah so same way same way we can do it like in business right like for example if i'm quitting this project i'm just quitting that project i'm not like quitting all the lessons learned and everything i'm going to take that and for example many people launch 9 10 11 companies and the 12th one is the one who like which succeeds 
so it's not that the, they did something unique in the 12th one they they learned from all the those past experiences and applied in the 12th one same way in yeah. relationships right yeah you take all of those lessons that you've learned and you move forward with them one of the first things i do with people when i coach them mm-hmm. is we make a list who are the people that don't support you and don't lift you up aren't on your side list them out what are the places you visit that don't support you don't empower you don't lift you up even though they're fun to visit right but they don't empower us what are the words that we use what are the thoughts that we have that don't empower us we list all of those things out and then we Look at the other side. Who are the people that do support us and lift us up? What are the places that do empower us? What are the mm-hmm. thoughts that we have? The places we've been, the, all of those things that do support. And we look at these two lists. And the goal is to eliminate all of those things in your life that don't support you and lift you up. Maybe I'm using a wrong word. Maybe you have some other word for this concept. Like it's not failing. I, th- I understand that. It's something else. Yeah, it's just it's just moving forward. It's letting mm-hmm. letting go of the baggage. Even in those relationships. We might love this person crazy, but if it's a toxic relationship, right. all that energy is holding us back. It's bringing us down. Mm-hmm. The only way to move forward, success is to release that baggage so that you can move forward. Right? And those are all lessons learned. Mm-hmm. In, your, in my past relationships, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Yeah. And in this relationship, I'm not letting that happen. Mm. I've learned those lessons and I'm moving forward. Yeah. Right. At the end, what I understood from this whole conversation is that fear, failure, success, all of this, these are illusions. <laughs> They don't even exist. they don't exist <laughs> they only exist in your mind so you want to you can reframe it you can reframe successes as failure failure as successes right fear as excitement excitement as fear whatever you are free to do whatever you want to do <laughs> that's it that's exactly it and that's one of my big things is that reality doesn't exist you've heard me say this before yeah. reality doesn't exist what does exist is our perceptions of real life events is it a success or is it a failure one person might call it a success another person might call it a failure but it's the exact same thing is it a fear or is it an excitement it depends on our perception so yeah you're exactly right none of them really exist yeah reality is illusion create your own illusion <laughs> yeah yeah amazing i think it's the right place to and this and what what will be your last word your message to the world i think what i just said i think is probably the best message you know all of these things failure success fear excitement they don't even really exist mm-hmm. what does exist is our perception of those events do we perceive it as a fear do we perceive it as a failure do we perceive it as excitement do we perceive it as um fear whatever your perception is but your perceptions can change they can be whatever you want them to be whatever you dream of so mm-hmm. whether you have success or failure or fear or excitement is really up to you amazing so tell them where they can connect with you where they can find you you can find me at projectfindyourfire.com or you can send an email to inspire at projectfindyourfire.com you'll also find us on facebook my personal page or project find your fire you can connect with us in many different ways i i really appreciate this it has been amazing like <laughs> all three times we have talked like about certain topics in the past two times as well so yeah. people can go and listen to that as well and thank you so much for coming on the show again i'm really grateful for this conversation okay. Thank you Sean the honor truly is mine I appreciate spending time with you Yeah like always and we'll if you enjoy these things as I, as I said earlier we'll keep when when I talk to you I feel like I'm talking to some some friend and 
we are just discussing like uh, like two two curious heads meeting and yeah. discussing on all sorts of things which like all sort of things related to life yes i agree so, i agree. <laughs> i enjoy a lot so yeah whenever you want to come just let me know just uh, give me a text and we'll like whenever you want like you are in a mood to discuss some amazing thing okay. just let me know and i'll okay. come and grab your wisdom <laughs> so and you do the same you know how to get a hold of me amazing